out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Could you use a little company? Welcome back. Hour two here on the Monday crew. Dylan McCoy, Christian Vasquez, alongside myself, Gideon Fox, bringing you some more coverage. We're gonna do. We're gonna stick with professional sports now, and we have playoff baseball games already started today between the Brewers and the Braves. But plenty to talk about with baseball, Dylan. I know you're a really big baseball fan. What have you liked so far? Um. Well, I can tell you what I don't like so far: the fact that the Astros and the Red Sox are one game away from making the ALCS. Astros Red Sox, which as a Yankees fan, is legitimately my worst nightmare. I would um, hope they both lose if that happens. I, I'm, I'm rooting. I've been rooting for the White Sox and the Rays. You know, I, I like a lot of the Rays' young talent. I like Wander Franco. I like Randy Rosarena, and I like the White Sox. Um, and I really don't like the Red Sox or the Astros. The Red Sox, for very obvious reasons. I mean, I'm a Yankees fan. They also beat us in the wild card game. Garrett Cole was off, to say the least. Um, and then the Astros, you know, I am still not over the cheating scandal. And I know every team cheats in the MLB, and I know everyone says that, but I am not over it. And I don't know when I'll be over it. So it's always going to be me rooting against the Astros. Um, and, yeah, the AL has the chance to make me... If 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 it's Red Sox Astros, I'm literally not watching the ALCS. Like I'm, I'm and I'm a baseball fan, and that would be a, a shame for me. Like I want to watch these playoffs. Like they've been pretty good so far. You know they've been pretty good series, but won't 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 watch a minute of the ALCS if it's Red Sox Astros. I mean, and then on the National League side, uh, Dodgers Giants been awesome. That series has been incredible to watch. Uh, both teams, you know duking it out, going back and forth. Um, and then Brewers-Braves have been pretty good, too. I really didn't know what to expect out of that series, but, you know, uh, and, and and I don't think either of those teams are going to contend with whoever wins. I think whoever wins Giants-Dodgers going to the World Series, but Braves-Brewers have been really cool, too. You know, it's been, a, it's been an exciting postseason, and I wasn't sure what to expect going in, but it's been really exciting, and, I, and I'm excited to see what happens for the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Braves-Brewers. It's been incredibly low scoring. Um, today, the Braves won 3 nothing. They scored all of their runs in the bottom of the fifth. And, I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't think either of these teams, they, deserve, they they both deserve to be in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to have such an impact on the road. And you look at that NL West matchup, the Giants and Dodgers are the top two teams in the, ML West, in the NL West. The Dodgers are only a game behind the Giants. Both teams had over 100 wins. So, if you, I mean, that series has been something that has been really, really exciting. Um my second favorite baseball team is the Cardinals, so I was kind of hoping for a little bit of an upset in the wild card. Didn't get that, unfortunately. But I think Dodgers-Giants is the series that I'm looking at most, and not even because I don't want to look at the Red Sox or the trash throws, but I just think it's good baseball. It's high-quality baseball. It's, it's a team. It's a rivalry team. It's an in-state rivalry. Um, I've been liking that series so far. And also the White Sox, too. I think the White Sox turned around their team. The White Sox used to not be a team you were proud to be a fan of, and now look at them. They're in the playoffs. So I think there's plenty to look forward to uh, for these MLB playoffs. And Max Scherzer on the mound tonight, too. I mean, what else could you ask for? No, absolutely. Um, what are, what are the games tonight, Gideon? Is it is it Rays-Red Sox game four and then Dodgers-Giants? I want to say game three, I believe. I'm not. Yeah, so right now it's Boston-Tampa, top of the first 0-0. Um, tonight it's also game or game. It was it was game three earlier for Atlanta and Milwaukee. Um, Atlanta's up two one, and then game three for Dodgers Giants tonight. It's at nine thirty seven Eastern. 
Um, that's a West Coast game. But those are all good games. I mean, the Rays, we saw how high-scoring they are when they played against us. Pretty much they, they had our number besides the last game of that series and the last game of the regular season where we beat them one nothing. But I am hoping for the Rays to make somewhat of a comeback right now. Um, they're down 2-1 to one in the series. So we'll see what, if they could turn it around there. But, Dylan, I'm with you. I, I can't even imagine what I would do if it's Red Sox versus the Astros. That's... That's what you, you just you, like. Those are the two most hated teams by the by the Yankees fan base, and it's not even it's not even close. Like, the Rays are better than us every year, and I don't hate the Rays. Like, I, I maybe it's because they don't have fans fill up their stadium, and like, the, the Tropicana is literally like Yankee Stadium South. But I don't hate the Rays. You know, I, I think like I respect what they do. They have a good farm system. They have a lot of good young players. Wander Franco looks like he's going to be an all world player. Uh, sooner rather than later, but ultimately, I I can't watch it if it's Red Sox Astros. I I will not I will not invest my emotions into that series whatsoever. There's no point in me doing that. No, there's gonna be a lot of just frustration. But I I do have to say, and it's a it it's weird in this situation because it's the Red Sox and because we're Yankees fans. But there is something to be said about losing to the best. You know, when your team loses in the playoffs to a team that goes to the finals or ends up winning the championships, it's just kind of relieving to know you lost to the best. And even though the Yankees lost to the, the Red Sox in a single-game wild card, it wasn't even a series, maybe it would be cool to, you know, to know that the Yankees lost to one of the best teams in baseball. But again, just the principle of it is going to keep me up at night if the Red Sox play the Dodgers. But there's really good, like we kept seeing, there's, there's plenty of good baseball right now. I think if... Atlanta wins tomorrow um, and, and takes down the Brewers. The Brewers are talented too. I mean, Christian Yelich has been such a force for Milwaukee. Um, if Atlanta is able to move on, you know, you're there for a reason. It's any given night. Um, and once you move on from this round of the MLB, it's best of seven instead of best of five, which it is right now. So anyone could at any given night. You know, if you're in the playoffs, you made it this far for a reason. So going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, like I was saying, kind of wish the Cardinals were in it. it. Would be cool to see Cardinals Giants, but I think that's I think that's the most competitive series right now, the NL West matchup, the the Giants and Dodgers. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I I really think, I really think that um that series that series could honestly decide the World Series because those are two of the most talented teams in the league. You know, we have the Dodgers who. Basically, they look like they look like the Death Star. Like they have all the pieces put together. They have multiple guys who could be MVPs. They have multiple Cy Youngs on their staff. They have, literally have Clayton Kershaw, who's not in the playoffs, but Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, all in the same staff. Like how how do you do that? And then and then on the other side of the ball, they have Mookie Betts, Trey Turner. He's not hitting that well this year, but he's a former MVP. Cody Bellinger. Um. Chris Taylor, you know, their lineup is is stacked from from top to bottom and I think I well, I definitely think that one of those teams is going to win the NL and then ultimately I think that I I'm, I'm hoping that they beat the AL team, especially if it's looking like what it's going to be, which is Red Sox Astros. I can't even say that without like feeling like sick <laughs> uh, to be quite honest with you. And also with the Dodgers, Albert Pujols is going to start tonight at first base. Oh, that's so awesome. That's great. That's I mean, so you awesome. have you have the definition of veteran talent and veteran leadership. Albert Pujols won many World Series with the Cardinals, played a little bit on the Angels, now is on the Dodgers. 
he really was only being used as a pinch hitter. Didn't really get to see him too much play defense. I'm really, really excited to see him play some first base tonight. You know, he's not the best first baseman in the league, but just the name Albert Pujols and still being able to say Albert Pujols' name in 2021 on a competitive team in the playoffs is really exciting. I mean, he's 41 years old, um, and this is his first. He'll be starting his first playoff game since Game 3 of the 2014 American League Division Series when he played on the Angels. So we'll see what happens there. Um, should be interesting to see what happens. Dylan, do you know who's pitching for the for the Giants tonight? I believe it's Alex Wood, I'm pretty okay. sure, which is like it's not a bad starter for the Giants, but he's starting against Max Scherzer. So it's it, it it's kind of it's kind of tough. Yeah, I mean no matter what, Max Scherzer's there for a reason. Uh Max Scherzer's starting where, you know, he's starting he's starting a big game like this because we saw what he did. He he took the Dodgers to victory in their wild card game against the Cardinals playing against his hometown team. But he looks so good in that wild card game. He looks so good. He was he was mowing down the Cardinals. So I I you know I really like that start. It is it's one one in the series, so it's not like anyone's gonna walk out with a game with with the series tonight. But it should be interesting to see what happens there out on the West Coast. And I think you know so tonight was supposed to be the Astros and the White Sox, uh, but that got postponed until tomorrow night. So he was up two to one in that series. Obviously, we all hope that the White Sox are able to come back with it. But we'll see what happens there. Still plenty of time. And now, just a quick update. Still bottom of the first, two outs for Tampa-Boston. Not too much action there. But again, I really hope Tampa pulls out that one. I would like to see Tampa win that. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I don't, I don't like I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself if the Red Sox or the Astros win the World Series. Uh it's gonna make me want to fire even Boone, Aaron Boone even more. That's, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm done with him. I'm yeah. so off the Boone train. Seeing the way that he treated the pitching, his pitching decisions in the game against the Rays that we ended up winning in the bottom of the ninth, thanks to that walk off single by Aaron Judge, and his pitching decisions in the wild card game. And I know Garrett Cole wasn't doing what he does best, but he just he was blowing through the bullpen in the game against the Rays. Yeah, and you can't really do that when you have an AL wild card game coming up, a one game playoff against, you know, as much as I've discredited them, they were one of the best lineups in the league all season. I think they were top five in average. They were top five in RBIs. Um, you know, they 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 did a lot of things right, and ultimately, I think that it is it, it's it it's tough to really. Uh, it's tough to give Aaron Boone credit because he's done so many things wrong, and I think that the Yankees really need to uh, they really need to to contemplate what what they're looking at in terms of a future. And I also think the roster needs an overhaul. It's a good roster, and if anyone's saying it's not a good roster, they're lying. But if this roster with all this talent can't get past the wild card game or last year they can't get past the ALDS or they can't get past the ALCS, then there needs to be like a, a culture shift or some type of roster shift. Because if you're if you're the New York Yankees, and this is going to sound conceited because it is conceited, if you're the New York Yankees, your goal every year should be to make or win the World Series. That that is what it should be. You should be a team that every year you should be like, hey, we our goal this year is to win the World Series. We are that good. We have the talent. We have the money. 
the money is uh is is one of the the money is one of the most biggest things about that team but they just haven't done anything with it it's it's a shame well then what needs to change because i think the outfield is set right i i like where the outfield's going now and we have the power hitting you know stan started off playing outfield now he's listed as the dh we're set there. We're set when it comes to power. We have Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, uh, Joey Gallo. We have that power. I mean, what needs to change? Maybe we get a more experienced catcher, someone different than Gary Sanchez or Kyle Higashioka. Do we change the bullpen? Do we get new starters? Like, I don't know what needs to change for the Yankees right now. They have what should be a good lineup. But like you were saying, Dylan, they couldn't get past the wild card game. Yeah. It was uh, it it was just it was just un it was just unfortunate. I don't know. I'm just so I'm I'm just emotional today. It's <laughs> it's it feels like such a long sports weekend. I watched Rutgers get blown out. I watched the Giants have most of their body parts get blown out. Uh, most of their stars. So it's it it is just it has just been so much i'm happy to be back on the crew obviously i'm happy to be talking with you guys but it is just it is just a cascade of emotions after this weekend it would be nice to be talking about the yankees in the playoffs a giants victory a division uh, a rutgers a, division a rutgers upset i could only imagine but yeah <laughs> but it would be nice but you know even if it's not a rutgers upset maybe a couple of rutgers victories in the future Maybe some Giants victories down the road. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Mike With Glennon. Mike will Glennon? Lead us. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about that. But. Buy stock now. No, definitely don't. Mike Glennon is not. No, that is. He's not a reliable it. backup. I, I like you know. All kidding aside, I think there is a backup. There is a necessary backup role in sports, right? You have a backup quarterback, a backup goalie in hockey. Who, if someone goes down, you need to be ready to jump off the bench and get in, and you know. Anyone on the second team and for any NFL position dresses for every game, warms up with that for every game, and if, if the person on top of them on the depth chart comes out, they have to be ready and step in. And I think Mike Lennon is a backup quarterback, and I think he can play that role well. And if he comes into a game, you know, to play half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter and, and maybe the next game while the quarterback recovers, he's a quarterback for that. But I don't think he's he's not your every Sunday the guy who you put under center. Especially if we don't have the weapons that we're used, that the Giants usually do have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I like Mike Lennon. I respect Mike Lennon. You know, I think that he is a uh, a good player, but he's not a guy that if he's at quarterback is going to win games. Uh, you know, consistently for the Giants, if they play a competent defense, he is going to have a tough time getting in there. He's going to have a tough time throwing the ball. He's going to have a tough time finding his receivers. And yeah, ultimately. I think that, you know, I said it before, but I think I think that those injuries at this point in the season, being one and four, I, I, I think the season's lost. I'm ready. I'm ready to write it off now. I think the Giants are going to be drafting in the top ten once again. I and it's not because of the Bears pick; it's because of their own pick that they're going to be in the top ten again. You know, it's just more futility. I don't know. I don't know. That's that. That's how I'll end this segment. I don't know. <laughs> the I don't know segment hosted by Dylan McCoy. Yeah, the I don't know segment, which is just where I cry and moan about all my sports teams being absolutely awful. <laughs> but we will take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Sportscast coming up next here on the Monday Crew from WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. 
This is your WRSU Sports Update. This is Christian Vasquez. In recent Rutgers sports news, the football team fell to number 11th ranked Michigan State at home on Saturday, 31-13. Noah Vedra was 15 for 30 with 208 yards, and Aaron Kirkshank rushed for the sole touchdown for the Scarlet Knights. Next game we will see Rutgers traveling to Northwestern to face the Wildcats at 12 p.m. on Big Ten Network. The Rutgers women's soccer team played the Iowa Hawkeyes at Yerkak Field. Becky Fluchel scored a penalty kick goal in the 75th minute to inevitably get the 1-0 victory. Rutgers women's soccer now boasts a record of 11-2, now ranked the fifth best team in the nation and first in the Big Ten. The Scarlet Knights traveled to College Park to face the Maryland Terrapins at 7 p.m. In the NFL this past weekend, the New York Giants fell to the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington, 44-20. Mike Glennon came into the game to replace the injured Daniel Jones and threw for 196 yards and one touchdown. Giants will face the Rams at home next week at 1 p.m. New York Jets fell to the Atlanta Falcons in the first game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Zach Wilson threw for 192 yards and Michael Carter rushed for 38 yards and one touchdown. The Jets will head to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots at 1 p.m. For WRSU Sports, this is Christian Vasquez. And welcome back to the Monday edition of the WRSU crew. I'm Del McCoy, joined by Christian Vasquez and Gideon Fox here in beautiful New Brunswick, New Jersey as Christian and Gideon. I don't know if you got to see it, Gideon, but I know Christian watched it. Uh, Christian, we saw a heavyweight championship fight this weekend, which was pretty exciting. You know, I, w- I was pretty surprised. So it was Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3, a fight that... I had a problem with even being made for yeah. several reasons. I mean, I thought Fury won both of the first two fights, and he ended up winning the third fight, but ended up being a pretty entertaining fight. Both fighters, I believe, had two knockdowns. Fury might have had three, but I know Wilder had two in one round, which was yeah, crazy. Yeah, two in one round. First time Fury's been knocked down twice in a round. Um, Yeah, you know, it was absolutely electric, but ultimately Wilder, you know, his 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 uh his game plan is get him gassed and and knock him out and and Fury was able to do that but uh you know what were your what were your overall thoughts on the fight you know how much of it did you get to see and uh you know what it what, what is what is next for Tyson Fury and I mean what is next for Deontay Wilder as well yeah next for next for Fury obviously just after they've already enacted the rematch clause over at Usyk and Joshua which I believe they want to fight maybe early January, February, something like that. But, you know, obviously after that, whichever way that goes, whoever is the champion of that could go on to fight Fury, and maybe even the loser of that goes on to fight Wilder. I'd say uh, while, but if there was no rematch, I'd say an Usyk versus Fury was would be inevitable, and then maybe a Fury, excuse me, a Joshua Wilder fight could be in the cards. Now that's a fight I want to see, Joshua Wilder. That I mean, would be fun. Do you do you think do you think that the do you think that the jury is just like out on on Wilder? Do you think that it's like it's becoming like well like you know you beat him like this? And, yeah, it's uh, it's weird for Wilder. I don't what his he does seem like a sore loser as Fury has said a couple times. Fury tried to speak to him after you know even just shake his hand and he just said. I believe Wilder, I don't know, you know, exactly what he said, but Fury said that essentially Wilder told him that he doesn't respect him or anything like that after he just knocked him out. And he's, like you said, arguably beat him in the first two fights. And he changed his whole camp. He thought that Fury cheated in the second one. 
obviously the there are people watching those things so that could be any which way but in this one everyone was what fury's hands they watched him get wrapped everything like that and he still loses again while there i don't know what it is but maybe he, we'll have to see how he's maybe if he comes down and speaks a little bit after about this fight he said he had a great camp everything that with new trainer malik scott who you could tell while there's um overall boxing was better usually just out there throwing some haymakers trying to knock people out but his boxing was a lot better he knocked down fury who rarely gets knocked down or even stooped to these lows in this fight because fury was just he gained weight to you know hit hit wilder wilder gained weight in this fight he looked absolutely jacked at yeah range. i think i i want to say that uh, i don't remember what round it was but i'm pretty sure at one point brian kenny mentioned that it was the biggest heavyweight fight in the history of the heavyweight division probably yeah in terms of like weight it was the biggest title fight fury, in the history of the division. fury was like 277 i think wilder, wilder was, was like 234 what did they fight in the past like, what, were, what were their weights Last time they faced uh, off, all all uh, less than that. That's this a good was, question. It was both their highest. I think yeah. Wilder usually comes in like later because he's more of like a speed guy. Well, first of all, Deontay Wilder's fundamentals are awful. Yeah, they're awful. He's an awful fundamental boxer. He is a guy who he's gotta knock some. He's gotta knock you out. And he broke his hand this fight, so it might have been. He I had, saw his hand that. was broken. No, I saw that because the, the 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 referee came to him in the corner the one round, and I was like, I think he. I was like telling my friends, I'm like, I think he broke his hand. So yeah, he broke his hand. I believe he broke his knuckle in the other one or something like that, a finger. Ooh. But he he broke his he broke his right hand. So you know the big bomb that he usually hits people with. The he bronze bomb. Hit, yeah, the bronze bomber. The bronze bomb. He couldn't hit Fury with that, and that could have been why. Maybe in the beginning it probably happened after maybe the what what round did he get knocked down in twice? Maybe it was. I think it was fifth, the fourth. Re- relatively early. Maybe he broke. That was it one after of the that. first rounds I got to watch. I was out before then, and I. And and the people at the house I was at was watching it, so I started watching it in the fourth, and I was like, "Oh my!" I was yeah. like, "Wilder really has a chance." Yeah, but, maybe uh, he broke it slightly after that because he, Fury does not get knocked down all that often at no, all. No, he's a very fundamental boxer. He's, he's good at good. making you miss. He's good at his defense is outstanding. He's good at controlling the pace of the fight, but when Wilder knocked him down twice, I was I was Surprised. really I was, I was like, like wow. "Wow, he might win," but. You know, the game plan for Wilder is just let him punch himself out and he gets gassed. And, yeah, he gets and I mean, that's gassed. what he did, and, and, and Fury did a good job. He is uh, – I'm sure everyone who watches boxing has said this, but it is absolutely incredible what Fury can do, like in terms of speed and his hand speed, for a guy that weighs 275 pounds. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely incredible. That I was seeing the memes this weekend. This is like peak male athleticism, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and it's him at like the beach or something like that. And he's like 200 something pounds. You may not like it, but that is the peak male yeah. performance body. Probably one of the best boxers of our like era. About he's he's proclaimed it as well. Would you would you put him at one in terms of our era? In our era and recent memory well, from when I see, started watching for sure. See, it's interesting because what qualifies as our era? People people will say they're probably the best about, of their era. So we're about like, twenty years old. So twenty like, years, probably about past. 10 I mean, years. then I would say the best Mayweather boxer still of our era is Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Mayweather, and then heavyweight obviously it would be. Yeah, I would say Fury. If I had to pick a top three. I wouldn't even have Fury in my top three. He might be in my top five. But if we're talking our era, it would probably go Mayweather, Pacquiao, yeah, Mayweather, Pacquiao, and Canelo. Yeah, Canelo would be the top three. Yeah, for and, all, and then heavyweight is the heavyweight is Fury. Fury. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't really for for a while there. It was the division was weird. Yeah. Now it's pretty hot. Like the top four is like yeah. Those matches are probably gonna be what we're looking for. Dylan White's on at like fifth with his championship, so he could fight someone soon after this. I don't know if, how how long Fury will take off. Probably a good amount of time because he ha- said he hasn't. He's only had in the past six months like two weeks off when his daughter was born. So. He's probably going to take off quite a while. I don't know how long Deontay Wilder's going to be off. Obviously, he has to, you know, nurse the broken hand. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, boxing will uh, figure out what to do next with the heavyweight division because having a hot heavyweight division is definitely good for the sport. You oh know? yeah, for sure. That's where most of the money is, other than a Canelo fight or anything like that, or even there to say half of these influencer boxing which gets so much eyes on them <laughs> I, I don't know like I, I, a couple people today told me that i don't know if this is true but i heard a jake paul wants to fight tyson fury but he he just you know obviously he memes like that would he says, tweets out whatever just i would views. absolutely love to see that fight that is the one influencer the fight that i would not complain about tommy i fury, might even yeah. pay for it to watch it no not tommy fury. no i know tyson. i want to see jake paul fight heavyweight champion of the world 270 pounds he probably tyson would take fury. the fight probably in like three months he'd probably do like i a think month. tyson would take he it. probably would do like a two-week camp and take the fight oh tyson would love that he would literally be singing a song on the way to the ring he he'd might. sing a song on the way from the ring you in know. the ring oh he would uh, he'd be singing a song while the fight was going on Oh, I think it would be great. He, but he does want Tommy to fight Jake, which I believe I would that like fights, to see that. I believe that fight's probably if I don't, I know they've been talking. I believe the fight, if it gets agreed upon, will probably be in December. Yeah, with I, Tommy and Jake, which I like honestly to, might not be that bad because I like to give nervous. Jake Paul the littlest airtime I can on this yeah, program and on this and on this time. station, but. It would be interesting to see him fight Tommy Fury. I know that I know the the the, uh, the debate on Tommy Fury is a lot of his opponents early in his career have had pretty bad records, but I mean. That's what every boxer does. I mean, yeah, it's not sure. like MMA where you just fight. You're in the UFC and you're like nine and zero, and you're fighting the best and you're fighting for belts. Yeah, like you're immediately fighting. Boxing, you're like 20, 25 and zero, fighting nobodies before you fight like guys who are established. Yeah, you have to go through the ring. A lot of the lightweights now depend. Ryan Garcia is, what is he? Probably like like you said, twenty four and zero, and he's doing his. He's just getting into the scene. Obviously, you see him on social media, everything like is that. Is he fighting? Uh, he's fighting uh, Diaz and. W- oh, is, is I thought he was fighting Javante Davis. Uh, everyone wants that, but he's. I want uh, Javante Davis. Davis. I forgot he, who he's fighting, but that's in, I believe, late November as well. Yeah. Lomachenko and Comey are supposed to fight on the 11th. Ooh, that's a good yeah, fight too. Yeah, da- Davis and Romero to fight on the 5th, and Garcia and Jojo Diaz are on the 27th of November. Nice, nice. A lot of a lot of interesting things and happening those are all, in the world I believe of those boxing. are all lightweights. A lot of interesting things happening in the world of boxing. Maybe boxing will have a little bit of a revival in popularity. Yeah, I think, I think it, it just like combat sports in general is having a good good couple months. Yeah. I mean, boxing's going up. There's been some great UFC cards, too, and we got some great ones uh, on deck coming soon. But with that, we're going to go to our last commercial break of the show. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with Rapid Fire to close it out here. You're listening to the Monday edition of The Crew here on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Welcome back to the last segment here on the Monday Crew. Dylan McCoy, Christian Vasquez, myself, Gideon Fox, rounding out this two-hour show. Just about 14 minutes to go here, bringing you some rapid-fire topics. Plenty. We talked about 
so much happened over this weekend of sports. One sport we don't really talk about too much on the WRSU crew, but I think it's worth to talk about. J.R. Smith, former NBA oh. basketball player, is now a college golf star. I don't think star yet, but he's a college golfer. Played for North Carolina A&T. He had his first college tournament this weekend. What do you guys think about that? So I saw his first five holes were like the most J.R. Smith start he could have had. I think it was like par, double bogey, eagle, bogey, <laughs> birdie, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I love J.R. Smith's Twitter now. He's always tweeting about how like he's taking classes and he's enjoying his professors. And he'll literally tweet like, oh, I got a 95 on my liberal arts exam. And it's like, oh, that's sick. Like, it's cool to see J.R. Smith like be a college student at like 42 years old. Like, I think that's really cool. Um, I'm excited that the NCAA gave him eligibility. I didn't know he had eligibility, but I mean, I guess because it's golf and it's a different sport that he has it. I don't know how that works. Did he even go? Uh, he didn't go to college. He, he oh did, no, he did he, get drafted at high school. No, you're he, right. He got he, drafted at high yeah, school. Yeah, from St. Ben's. Yeah, no, that. So it's cool. I I love I love it. I love J.R. Smith having just manifesting himself as just this dude we all root for, who never wears a shirt. I I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh man. It's so it's funny to see him like a well grown man playing with some of these young kids in in college. Well, he shot ten over in the oh. first round of the Elon Phoenix Invitational, so definitely not the start you want. You don't want to be ten over eighty one when you start golfing. But hey, I mean, major props for him to showing out. I mean, that's in and of itself to pick up another sport, especially a sport like golf. That's not something that you learn overnight. And, you know, you could persuade, you could you could work on perfecting your golf swing for as long as you live. Yeah, trust me. I went to uh, I went to Top Golf last week, and Ooh, you know that's my a lot. Place of work. You work at the one you work at the one in Arizona. Yeah. No way. The one like right down the like right what? down the No way. I did not know that. that. All right. Well, I'm looking for you next time I go. But um, <laughs> special edition of the crew in one of the booths at Top Golf. Oh, we can get it. Sports director Golf Chris Akotas is on board. Top Golf crew outing. That would be awesome. It the one year, good. the one year I worked for a pyramid scheme, they took us to Top Golf. Oh, you did that. <laughs> I, I sold the Cutco knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the pyramid scheme to work. Yeah, no, absolutely. But no, I went there and like I had a pretty good day. You know, I was hitting the ball pretty good. But I couldn't imagine combining that with like short game and putting, and also doing that after having a twenty or fifteen year NBA career. So good for J.R. Smith. You know, I hope I hope he continues to do well in his classes. I follow him on Twitter, so I'm sure I'll be hearing about them. And I hope he continues to do well in golf. I'm, I'm excited to see it. It's so funny. He still has to take classes just like us, and he's complaining about it all the time. That's the funniest thing about it, too. He's literally one of us, except with 100 times more tattoos and two more NBA championship rings. A little bit more money in the bank, too. Oh, just, just a little, little bit. bit more money. I think he will be paying his own college tuition without loans, if I, I had so. to take a guess. I think. His locks of the night segment is just him throwing money wherever. Cause his locks of the night. His locks of the night is... Paying my tuition. That is my. That is his lock of the night. Paying his tuition. <laughs> Betting on himself. <laughs> you think he goes to the dining hall? You think he swipes himself Ooh, in? That's a good. That's touch. gotta be cool if you're at North Carolina A and T. If you if you see him, like, wow, here's J.R. Smith at the dining hall, and he's like, hey, like, like, chill. I gotta study for my live arts exam. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let him eat his mac and cheese in peace and quiet. <laughs> he's getting a ticket for parking on the wrong lot. <laughs> 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 no, I think that's only I think that's only a Rutgers thing. I think, or he decides to take the bus to get the full experience. <laughs> <laughs> All 
has a bus breakdown on Route 18. He really is one of us, isn't he? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? That'd be cool, though. I mean, good for him. He definitely done easy to what he's, you know, what he's doing. Um, good for him, though. It's It'd be cool if he won. I mean, what if he came out and shot, like, five under? What if J.R. Smith just has a second uh, career and he just gets on the PGA Tour? It would be cool to see him in a professional PGA Tour event, even if he didn't play very well. Like, it would be sick to be, like... It would be sick for him to be like, I'm a multi-sport athlete. That's what Pat I was in the MV- wants to do. <laughs> really? Yeah, he said on his show, I think AJ Hawk bet him $20 million that he would, that in his whole life, McAfee would never make a PGA <laughs> Tour event. Oh my goodness. I mean, he still has got, he still has a little bit of time. I mean, we'll see if the Champions Tour, aka the Senior Tour counts, because then maybe. But Yeah, we'll he said any see. PGA Tour that he has to qualify for and be like a top 50 in it. Then he will give him twenty million dollars, and they shook on it too. Interesting, interesting. I, w- I would love to see that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I mean, that was that was that was a McAfee celebration when he was playing. When he would have a nice punt, he'd do yeah, like he'd the do little that. chip shot. He'd do the Conor, well, the Vince McMahon walk because he would do it before Conor McGregor did it. But um, yeah, love guys who are multi-sport athletes with golf because golf is a great sport. Oh yeah, for sure. Great I think sport. for a lot of guys, especially in the hockey world, that's what they do in the off season, um, and none of them ever make it. I mean, it's just a hobby for them. That's what they do when they're not playing hockey. So it's kind of cool to see someone from a different sport take up golf as way more than a hobby and actually spend uh, time hockey, and money. Hockey to golf, the Happy Gilmore route. I, I like it. I like <laughs> exactly it. Exactly that route. <laughs> exactly that route. But it's based on reality. Um, be cool to see. I mean, if he made the Champions Tour, that'd be like. Be very cool, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Let let him let him hit par first. Very far from that. Um, another topic I saw, and this we talked about a little bit before. We talked about the Houston Astros cheating. They now accuse the White Sox of cheating in their series. Oh come on! They're literally about to win the series too. I, I, <laughs> come on! Who is gonna believe the Houston Astros when they talk about another team cheating? I don't believe them. They could, they could have all the evidence they want, and I'll be like, yeah, but they didn't do it in the World Series. So, I don't believe them. And I'm going to choose to ignorantly not believe them, even if they have a multitude of information, because we do not root for the Astros in this in this place. I mean, I don't, at least. Not not, not on these airwaves. No, no, not no. Not on these airwaves. No, no. It is... Uh, it's, it's a rough time. I don't know how they can accuse anyone of cheating. That's I mean, it's baseball. It's everyone. Everyone steals signs. Just don't get caught. Cheating Simple is, uh, uh, and I'm not defending the Astros, but cheating has always been a part of baseball. Pitchers used to scuff the baseball in the in the 60s and 70s. I don't know if you guys saw the 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 Mets documentary Once Upon a Time in Queens, the ESPN one about the 86 Mets. Really good. Would recommend a watch. But in one of the episodes, they talk about the 86 NLCS and. The Mets were convinced that Mike Scott, who was a pitcher and one of the best pitchers of the 80s, was scuffing the baseball. They would literally keep baseballs, show them on TV, and they would there would be scuff marks on them, and the umpires would just do nothing about it. Like, like cheating in baseball is as American as hot dogs and apple pie. I didn't realize Angel Hernandez was calling games back <laughs> in the 80s. I mean, probably him or Joe West. Joe West just called his last game. I think he broke the record, Joe West, for most games umpired, which is a shame. It's a shame that the guy who has the most games umpired is a guy who's notorious for being awful and being a spotlight stealer from the players. But 
And we'll all, for Angel Hernandez, we'll, we'll always have him diving over the railing after the Gio Urshela catch, trying to steal the spotlight. That was kind of crazy. I mean, first of all, that catch was something else. That Gio Urshela uh, catch was magnificent. I'll, 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 I'll put this up for debate, and I'll defend it against anyone, but that catch was better than the Jeter dive. It, it was better than the Jeter dive. So let me oh, let me let me let me defend this. First of all, there is there is nothing else Gio Urshela could have done but go into the dugout, and he didn't go down any of the steps. He went straight from the dugout into the bench, came down with the ball. Derek Jeter catches the ball in fair play, takes another three or four steps, and then dives into the bleach and then dives into the stands. I'm not saying that it's something he could have avoided, but at the same time. Urshela's was completely unavoidable. There was nothing else he could have done on that play. And second of all, he doesn't make that play. We possibly don't make the playoffs. So that's another big part of it. I think Jeter's was like, it might have been 4th of July 2004 when he did that. It was like in the middle of the regular season. But yeah, in my opinion, Urshela, Urshela catch greater than sign Jeter dive. But I, uh, I kind of see that. Um, I hadn't thought about that before. Um, and I remember after the catch, I was at that game, and after the catch, the whole stadium was silent. You know, because everyone was worried if you a if you caught the ball, b if you he were was at injured. The... I was at that. Oh, game. Oh, that was the game you went to. Yeah, that was oh, the first sick. game I went to all season. That's awesome. Um, so the whole stadium was silent, but watching Urshela cover the ground, he did. And afterwards, I saw on Twitter he was covering like twenty-seven feet per second. That's outrageous for a foul ball. If he if he decided not to track that ball down. It would have been a foul ball, and the game would have moved on. Yeah, he had a down, kind of a down season hitting. I think he hit, like, 260 or 270 compared to, like, 320 or 330 in 2019. But he is still a very, very capable gold glove level defender, and I'm excited to see him out there next season. Yeah, and, you know, thankfully he wasn't injured. You know, he, he walked back gingerly after the catch, but... He, he stayed in the game. Yeah, he batted his and next then time he around. played. He played uh, in Boston too, and it looked like he was kind of, kind of hobbling the whole game. But he stayed in and played, which a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I bet he was binged up. He probably had a nasty bruise. Definitely hurt in the morning. But I mean, that catch was insane. That was incredible. Insane. That was so cool because you always, you always think about like you know you've seen players slip over the railing of the dugout. You see them maybe try to balance over the dugout. Or well, now you now you've seen umpires slip over the railing <laughs> of the dugout. <laughs> if you watch the replay of the catch, you see Urshela go down, and in the corner of the camera, you can see like an empty bench because the race players moved back, and all of a sudden, you just see the umpire fly out of nowhere <laughs> and just like cover up Urshela. Um, but yeah, definitely impressive. That could be a cool debate. We feel like we could talk about the impact of Gio Urshela's catch versus Derek Jeter's diving catch into the stands. I mean, that's a definitely Im- interesting question. I never the, thought about the that The impact before. of it was getting us to a to a first round exit against the Red Sox, but <laughs> hey, look, that was one extra game. One that extra game was one, not guaranteed. We we were a playoff team this year. Can confirm playoff team, but still fire Aaron Boone. That doesn't convince fire me. Fire Aaron Boone yesterday. Fire Phil Nevin yesterday for sending Judge home. That was insane. That was uh Judge was already. You could tell he was tired. He was looking up. He's he was six ready. foot eight, and he came. Leave first him. <laughs> Leave him on third. But whatever. The pass is in the past. Yep. Let's get ready for next year. Spring training's around the corner. Catchers and pitchers report in four months. Yeah, <laughs> 120 days. <sighs> Couldn't be sooner. Couldn't be sooner. <laughs> Still plenty. Um, lots of other random stuff happened. We talked about. The kicking kicker situation we talked about how 
couple clutch college kicks yesterday, a couple not-so-clutch NFL kicks <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Definitely one of the weirder Sundays uh, I could I could remember. Yeah, I feel like football this year has just been, like, more ridiculous than ever. Like, just more ridiculous oh, yeah. things have been happening than ever. Last week we had a – that was last week, right, that Tucker hit the field goal? The 66 yeah, record-breaking. Yeah, last last week. week we had a 66-yard field goal. We had a 109-yard touchdown. We had a Giants comfortable-behind victory in New Orleans. We had – the Jets we win. We had Brady. The, J- yeah, the Jets won a game. The Jets won a football game. The same week that the Giants won a football game. Parlay that. And now they both look awful. And now they both look <laughs> awful once again. So, good good. Order times. has been restored. But um, we had some news in the uh, MMA world. We had Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards finally scheduled to fight. Uh, if you don't remember, Masvidal kind of got famous with... Uh, the backstage fight he had with Edwards, describing it as hitting him with the three-piece combo with the soda, which that's one of the best descriptions of punching someone in the face I've ever yeah. heard in my entire life. And the fact that he got famous off of that, which probably that was before the Diaz fight for the BMF belt, which oh, what was that like two, three years ago? That maybe? was November, I believe, of 2019. Yeah, so two. There were fans, so I believe it was November. Of yeah, there were fans. So two years ago at this point, and the fight is just being made for December of 2021. Yeah, well, Leon Edwards is one of those guys like. You know, wasn't he out? Who for already like, fought Diaz? Wasn't he out for like nineteen months or something? Yeah, the last like loss. Yeah, he. Wa- I believe he was injured for a little bit, but the last loss he had was to the current number one pound for pound UFC fighter in the world in Kamaru Usman. So it was just inevitable that he kind of waits for the title, but he's going to take a fight before that. Yeah, I mean, I everyone every time I watch a, his one of his fights, they're always like, ah, oh, he's the most underrated guy in the division, and he's the most underrated guy in the sport. And his last two fights were an eye poke against Wal Muhammad, mm-hmm. and then beating up an old Nate Diaz, who almost I, knocked him out in the fifth. Yeah, <laughs> and he almost got and he was lost. But I mean, ultimately, it's just it's an exciting fight. I mean, on a great card. Yeah, on a great the main card. event, Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira, which got a, the diamond is just coming for that championship. Yeah, and I believe he's gonna win, but it's not. It's gonna be a good fight because Oliveira's no, he's. I'd say he's kind of underrated for a lot of people. A lot of people expect him to just lose, but he's he's a formidable opponent. He's got the most. A, he's got the most finishes in in UFC history, right? I or most, at maybe least most submissions. There. Yeah, one of the two. He submits people. He knocks people out, and he's a skinny boy too, so. But let's hope he makes the fight because he has had trouble, like with weight cuts. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers no, crossed. No, no fight. No fight is on until they step in the cage. Yeah, and, they have until and, a fight week. Yeah, literally honestly. that day, the day of Amanda Nunes as well because she <laughs> she didn't. They might. I think as well she had wait. COVID last time. She yeah, she had COVID, fight, but, but also Juliana Pena said that she had said for months before that that Nunes was not gonna make it to the fight day and it got delayed. I like Pena's trash talk. She whether. She she wins or loses, she is the, the. A lot of people are falling onto that hype train, Juliana, the Juliana Pena, because of the way she's been promoting the fight. Because Nunes hasn't talked about it at all. Everyone loves a trash talker. Oh yeah, everybody loves a trash. Everybody talker. Everybody does, especially uh, the new ones in Patty Pimlet, who just. Have you seen him swell up recently? He cut from to 155 for the fight, and now he's like 200 pounds. He yeah. swells up like fifty. I, pounds. I mean, I saw he got he signed a seven figure deal with Barstool, which yeah, is pretty sick. Good funny. for him. But um, yeah, you know, an exciting time. Like like we said before, we we're talking about the the the, the Fury Wilder fight. It's an exciting time in combat sports. 
Get on the wave, guys. Yeah, for sure. Watch, watch some UFC. Watch some boxing. I will. It's I have good, no reason not to. It's a good time. It's UFC a good time. It's a fun Plus. sport to get into. You know, you don't got to really be emotionally invested in anybody. You could just root for a good fight, and it's just a good time all around. UFC is so. on e- free on ESPN Plus this month. So. Yeah, ESPN Plus, the most worth it streaming service in the world, and I will defend it forever. And you can watch UFC on it for free, so might as well. But with that, we are out of time here on our show. But don't go anywhere. Still plenty of programming here on WRSU. This has been Dylan McCoy, Christian Vasquez, and myself, Gideon Fox, on the Monday edition of The Crew. Keep it locked to 